Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 303. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Nightville number 202, The Day After the Day. And what day is it that they're talking about? They were actually talking about Valentine's Day, which, despite all of their preparations, has actually occurred in Nightville for the first time in five years. Which, <laughs> yeah, I, was it that long that we last had a Valentine's Day? Nope, I actually went and looked. The episode Valentine was actually released in 2000. 2013. So it's been seven years, but I don't know. Either I'm forgetting about an episode where they've mentioned it before. Maybe they have. It's possible. Or time is weird in Night Vale. So maybe that's what it is. And I know I keep saying this, but this really felt like a return to an older episode of Night Vale. And I should probably just say that this just feels like a typical Night Vale episode in as much as you can have anything about Night Vale be typical. But it's just, again, a disaster has happened. It's something really horrible that would anywhere else be something fairly mundane, but it's never fully explained, just that there are a lot of bodies. Oh, yeah, definitely. And of course, they had quotable moments. And I don't think we've had an episode with quite this many t-shirt moments Mm -hmm. for a long time. But Cecil starts out talking about the fact that Valentine's Day has come and gone, and then starts ruminating about time itself, and then says... What choice do we have but to try to put our world back together, to move on from here? What choice have we but the continuance of time? Time, which is simultaneously merciful and without mercy, driving the bad towards us, but also sweeping it safely away in the past. And this is something that he kind of returns to towards the end of the movie, this whole idea about processing trauma using time. And I really like that. That's Beautiful. It is. Yeah, it was a lovely sentiment. He goes straight from there to the news and he says, the sun has risen. And he admits that, you know, the sun rises every day. But he has a point to this because in journalism, like, you report every time a plane has even a minor mishap, but you don't report on the hundreds of thousands of planes that actually land perfectly fine every day because journalism tends to only concentrate on the rare and not on the common and certainly not on the positive. Yes, so the sun came up, but it won't come up tomorrow. You think a plane crash is bad? Just wait. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was, a, <laughs> that was great. I like that. But. but that was local news. So we also had international news. And international news was wars, usually, right? And then also trade, because number go up. And if number doesn't go up, that leads to war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also trees. There was some random thing that went off into trees. But then he talked about politics. And what is it? That, that politics is the art of the possible? And then he said, no, 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 wait, actually. Politics is the art of explaining why nothing is possible, even though a lot of things clearly are. Yeah, that's another good t-shirt moment right there. Yeah, there were a lot of times when this episode, oh God, we've got you know, the war in the Ukraine, which seems to be about five minutes away from happening at time of this recording. A lot of this episode felt like it was a response to that, but this episode dropped uh, last week. Yeah. So no, yeah, it was still very, very timely, but... Anyway, Cecil looks outside and he says that from his window, he can only see destruction. And Leanne Hart, who's like mouthing hi. Hi, Leanne, your hatchet looks very nice today. I love the fact that Leanne Hart apparently has hatchets that are colored to match her outfits. Because Mm -hmm. of course she does. Oh, yeah. But yes, Night Vale is absolutely a wreck, a complete wreck. Um, And then we go from the talk about the wreck, but we go right into a talk about traffic. And I guess traffic was talking about a town. 
that existed for a while, and then it didn't exist anymore. The end. Yeah. Towns change, apparently, is the traffic. And it did remind me of, because I go on next door because I like reading the comments. People complain about the town is growing too fast, and there's too many people coming in, and too much new traffic and new buildings and everything. And I'm just sitting there thinking, well, yeah, but... But that's pretty much inevitable, isn't it? I mean, nobody's able to put a big glass jar over their town and stop it from growing. It's just going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You kind of hope that it grows because if it does the opposite. I mean, we we have a, you know, family who lived in Brundage, Alabama, I guess. That town seems to be going away very quickly. Yeah, or it's going to get subsumed by another town, I guess. Or it's just Mm. basically going to be a collection of old storefronts and storage units. Yeah, pretty much. So anyway, uh, we go from traffic to the daily audio puzzle. (laughs) Now, this is topical, damn it. Oh, yeah, this was. You have six attempts to guess a five-letter word, and Cecil's going to tell you all the letters that are not in the word, and then he just goes on to this random collection of things that includes not umlauts, but it does include Egyptian hieroglyphics, so just to make it even more fun. Yeah, and a final hint is that the sixth letter is Y, but the Y is both silent and invisible. Yes. So for anybody else out there who's addicted to Wordle, like Catherine and I and sister Hannah, first thing in the morning, we're usually comparing our Wordle scores, but Hannah has also found Bartle, which is words that can be found in a Shakespearean play, including names. And there's also Swerdle, which it seems like they have a very loose definition of what a swear word is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then one of my growing favorites is Worlder, W-O-R-L-D-L-E. And what they do is they give you the outline of a country and you have to guess what country it is. And when you guess, it tells you how far you are away from what the country actually is and which direction you'd have to to go on the globe to get there. And I'm like, this is actually helping my geography. It really is. (laughs) I'm scared to try that. Geography is not my strong subject. Well, the thing that helps is you start typing in what you think the country is and it automatically starts bringing up like country that start with the letter that you were typing, which is great because Burkina Faso is kind of hard to spell, but I, I know it vaguely. You know, so <laughs> it helps. It definitely does. So we come back from the audio puzzle and the city council has declared a state of emergency from their vacation spot in Bermuda. Yes, because apparently is in the town charter that when there is an emergency, the city council has got to go to a four-star resort in Bermuda. And Cecil tried to point out that they wrote that charter, but they yeah. was shouted down. But no. the one member of city council, of course, who hasn't left is Tamika Flynn. And she is running a blood drive to provide blood to the town members. And she's doing that by stabbing the vicious librarians who are attacking her with their tentacles and then handing people Ziploc baggies labeled fresh blood with a little smiley face. She's so helpful. She is awesome. I love Tamika. <laughs> She's just great. Uh, the good news is is that Carlos and Esteban, uh, their adopted son, they were safe. They did not get affected too badly by the Valentine's Day stuff. Uh, Cecil did exactly what you're supposed to do in Valentine's Day. You got duck and cover and yell, oh no, oh help, oh please, until things calm down a bit. <laughs> Everybody's not as lucky, though. Um, Jackie Fierro's pawn shop is covered in four miles 
of teddy bears. She just doesn't know how she's going to be able to sell enough teddy bears to even see the rest of her stock anymore. Uh, Cecil's niece, Janice, she is the owner of the Registry of Middle School Crushes. That is a previous episode of Night Vale. Um, It doesn't scare her anymore because she's long past middle school. But in the middle of Valentine's Day, it burst into flames because of course it did. And she burned her hands kind of badly, chucking it out the window. But she's at the hospital and she's being treated and she's going to be fine. Oh, and she accidentally threw it into a neighbor's house and it burned the neighbor's house down. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. uh, Today's sponsors, you know, today's broadcast was brought to you. That's kind of it. (laughs) Except Cecil does go into the point of asking everybody if they've thought about how much work goes into making these broadcasts. And it really reminded me, I don't know if you've checked out the Swindled Podcast Patreon uh, content this week, but he, he does these regular updates from past uh, episodes, like yes. The Pharma Bro, things like that. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. yes. And he also addresses some complaints people have had about him taking a hiatus that he does every year. And he right. goes into detail about what effort it takes to make each one of these podcasts. So guys, it's just like, let's give our creators the time to make the content that we really love and not pressure them. Yeah, this content that we're not paying for. Right, you know? right. No, Being yeah. provided to us for free. Yes. Now, Cecil didn't say that, but I'm sure it was implied. So <laughs> Nightville also has a Patreon, in case you're wondering. But Anyway, um, Cecil once again talks about just the nature of all this trauma that they're doing and how all you can really do is kind of can just continue living and what else can we do but exist and observe the weather and then we went to the weather i loved the weather this time i knew i was gonna love it as soon as i heard the guitar starting out in the beginning that very complicated guitar music i love it yeah yeah i thought it was kind of um i said i wrote down jazzy folk upbeat maybe like early 1970s ish in places a little bit it was just it was neat it was called i went swimming to the middle of the sea by raising cane Ah, i tried looking at the lyrics while we were listening to it they don't have any posted yet but i really should definitely take a listen to this one because it's fun yeah yeah but we come back from the weather and cecil says you know the day after the day which is the day after valentine's day they woke up like it was any other day but it wasn't any other day and again i mean there's this whole long talk basically about what trauma is that you know you just you don't really have too much of the choice other than to survive it and try and get past it and again another wonderful quote about how we process time. And he says, we are always caught in a moment that is no longer what was, but is not quite yet what will be. We live our entire lives in between, in between joys, in between tragedies, in between picnics with friends. And that just, that reminded me, um, a quote from The Good Place popped up at one point randomly, I think on Twitter. And it was Janice's quote talking about the fact that humans live around 80 years and they spend most of their time waiting for something to be over. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's really a problem. We are really rushing our way away from the bad and towards the next good thing, I think. Yeah, 
Yep, yep. So since you have the transcript open in front of you, do you have the bit, because I started to write it down, they were talking about there's a gulf shaped by trauma? Yes, I got it right here. There is a gulf shaped by trauma that is invisible even to the sufferer. We do not see the crevasse even as we fall into it. And this was oh, just such a poetic episode. I that, really love oh, it. Yeah. A lot of great lines in that one. That was a wonderful one. But yeah, other than that, you know, the rest of the episode was just... I don't know, talking about just surviving. Surviving. Once again, surviving the weird, weird things that happen in Night Vale that are never quite explained. No. And if anybody knows about a Valentine's Day episode that happened after 2013, but, you know, like maybe sometime five years ago, we're going to do some research. We could have researched it ahead of the podcast, but why would we prepare? No, that's not our style at all. No, but, but that is it for Night Vale. So uh, we need to talk about the fact that we did not watch Encanto. Why didn't we watch Encanto? Because we just didn't get around to it, damn it. I just could not manage it. I did, however, watch the first episode of season two of Raised by Wolves. Yes, and I watched the first four episodes. Oh my God, so you're actually caught up? Wow. I am caught up, and that's annoying because now I'm just like... Well, crap. Now I've got, I don't have anything to watch until next Thursday when the next episode comes out. So why did I do that again? But yeah, it's definitely good. But as I told you, there has never been anything that has reached the level of that first episode in season one. I mean, that just blew my socks off. But it is still good and it is still interesting and things are definitely happening. Yeah. Um, Father and mother got rescued by this atheist arc and we find out over the course of the episode that... The atheists actually attacked the um, the Mithraic Ark and captured it, and that is mm-hmm. why they are able to have this Ark to transport them to Kepler 22b. Um, but it doesn't really seem like. I mean, even Mother commented on this that, you know, where are the poets and the artists and the intellectuals? And it was Sue who she she was reunited with. She and Father were reunited with Sue and all of the children, which I thought was great. Yeah. Um, but Sue said the people who survived the destruction of the world, it's some, it does that to people. They didn't really send their best. So I guess, you know... The, the very act of having to just claw your way to survival, there's not a whole lot of room left for art, but it does seem like the atheists are about as inflexible in their beliefs as the Mithraic are. So I don't yeah. know that there's been a huge improvement, really? Yeah, yeah. Somebody brought up in one of the recaps I was reading about it, they've got this giant computer called the Trust, and the Trust is who is really governing everything, even though a lot of the people, you know, do not like being bossed around by a giant robot. I did like, though, the way Mother wakes up from all this stuff that's going on. You know, they bring this android body into this room, and you've got a technician who's, like, reaching around because they're just like, "Uh, it's one of these service models. And they're, like, cut open her stomach. It's reaching around inside. He's like, I can't find the one you're... Oh, oh my God, this isn't a service unit. And before he can pull his hand out, somebody said that he blows up like a burnt marshmallow on a stick. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's a really good description right there. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what happened. I believe that might have been the Vulture recap that I read on that one. It was very well worded. But she immediately goes, like, she doesn't, aside from that guy who I kind of hope is dead, she doesn't kill anybody else, I don't think, but she immediately goes into, like, such quick action and overpowers somebody. 
And there's this voice that happens that says to bring her to me. And you realize that it's the voice of the trust, this machine. And they do. They, they bring her there and she goes in alone. And I love that when you hear the voice of the trust, he says, hello, little sister. And I was like, oh, I love it when like big advanced computers talk to the slightly lesser, you know, computers and, and call them things like sister or whatever. For some reason, that moment was awfully cool. Yeah. And this, the trust was built by her creator, Campion. So they actually are siblings and the trust is just basically telling everybody to accept her and father and all their Mithraic children as members of the collective. And you can see people are gritting their teeth about this because they don't want to accept any Mithraic and they're not really keen on having a former necromancer in amongst them, but they don't really have a choice because the trust tells them what's what. Yeah. Yeah. And that was another, I'm going to get into this other recap that I was listening to. Um, they point out that a lot of times you have people who are calling themselves atheists, like mother calls herself an atheist, Mm -hmm. but she has like a moral objection to the people who have the faith and everything. Mm -hmm. Whereas a true atheist, I mean, basically she has a belief system about Mm -hmm. it, about not being a Christian or a Mithraic or whatever. She's basically got her own religion. And that is the problem with a lot of atheists is they, like a true atheist would probably sit back and be like, I don't believe it. I don't care what you do. I will do my own thing. Um, but most atheists are very determined to kind of like basically be evangelical about being an atheist. And it is kind of interesting that the atheists, they actually have this faith in this unseen creation, this trust in everything. So no, they don't trust a God, but they kind of trust a God, sort of. So just very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I have heard people, atheists, who want to go with the real technical description that they don't believe in this overarching thing. And I saw somebody addressing this idea that atheists, you know, their lack of belief is the same thing as a religion. And they, Mm -hmm. one person pointed out that, what was it? Uh, Lack of belief in a God is a religion the same way that not playing baseball is a sport. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can can see that. That does make sense. Mm-hmm, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, obviously they've not been accepted into this group. Paul is back. He was, I guess, quarantined for a while because he told people he was hearing voices, which you don't do in an atheist society. But he's also made it really, really clear to Sue that he does not want to have anything to do with her. And yet, I don't know. I mean, they're not... Mother and father have, like, this nice little house. I guess Sue is living someplace else, so she doesn't have daily contact with him, I guess? She decided to leave, I think. She decided to go to a different... Because they apparently they've set up groupings of people all over the tropical zone, which, by the way, looks really amazing. And I'm wondering why they didn't, like, try to land there first, because there's actually fruit on the trees that they can pick and eat right there and won't kill them the way the, uh, the carbo plants did in the other area. They mentioned it at one point, and I don't know if it's the episode that you've listened to, but it was mentioned in passing, like it was something we already knew. Apparently, there's an electromagnetic field that goes over the southern area, and I don't believe an arc can land directly in that area. You have to land nearby and then take smaller things to get to it. Interesting. Okay. And... And Marcus is not dead. We did get to see him as well. Yeah, and he's starting up the Mithraic faith. He is, oh my God, but he's just like stumbling around, um, taking over ships, 
killing people to get his way, you know, finds this weird cave that has that sunburst emblem of Saul. So he knows that it's ordained and he keeps stumbling across this weird metallic tarot cards that are scattered at various places, which I saw that. I'm like, Oh, Elizabeth, you want want another project? I know. I was looking at those. I'm just like, oh, this looks so interesting. But um, yeah, their mother at one point had gotten one of those. Didn't she manage to scan it electronically at one point and get some information out of it? So it's not just a disc that has some kind of meaning. There's something actually programmed into it. So that's interesting. Now, by the episode that you watched, had Marcos found the woman and her android daughter? Yeah, yeah. And I'm doing. How early did they make it clear that her daughter is an android? Because Marcus was not. You know, he used something out of the android to unlock the backpack that the woman had on her that would explode if she tried to run. So right. the atheists do still have prisoners that they use yep. for uh, for labor. Um, but and but he wasn't going to save the daughter because she was like, "You've got to save my daughter." And he said, "She's not anybody's daughter." And that's he doesn't yeah. like androids, but she somehow managed to convince him to save her as well. So, yeah, that was that was interesting. It seems like she's very she's very devout Mithraic, but she doesn't seem to be that like completely locked down mental pattern that she's not going to question anything and she's not going to think for herself. So it seems like she's one of the better Mithraics. Yeah, because there's also the bit where the Mithraics, like, you know, when one of the androids died and they were sort of singing the song because androids don't have a soul, so nothing of value is lost. But she is so completely passionately attached to this android, who is obviously a recreation of her daughter, you Mm -hmm. know, that you can tell that obviously, I don't know, who knows what happened to that daughter. I don't even think by the episode that I was watching, I don't think they ever explicitly say, what did happen to that daughter? Um, so, I mean, I know she knows that it's not real. And he even says that at one point. He's like, you're a little too old to be playing with dolls. So yeah. he just has <laughs> no respect for that whatsoever. But I don't know. Yeah, that's another interesting little dynamic that's going on there. Well, Marcus almost bought it when he was crashing into the tropical zone because he landed in a pool of acid. And yeah. I'm just looking at this and going, wait a minute. So now there's giant pools of acid that can eat an entire starship in minutes. I mean, we've got... We've got acid pools, we've got huge holes running to the core of the planet, and we've got Mm -hmm. radioactive vegetables that can kill people. Who scouted this planet? I know, seriously. And here's the thing, if I'm right... The seas that you see, you know, the ocean that you see, that's all acid. That's like all the entire acid. Gulf. That's all acid. And it's really cool because those holes still exist in the sea, too, because you're constantly seeing these giant whirlpools just sucking down all the water, and yet there's it's not sucked everything dry yet. I don't know. The physics on this planet are weird. Really yeah. weird. Very weird. Yeah. But the production values are, of course, off the scale. I did see an example of some slightly wonky CGI at one point in one of the episodes I watched but it's still well and above what you'd expect from a TV show most of the time. But. Yeah, and it turns out that Father is not going to delete his memories yet. He's leaving yes. that as an option, but I think he's happy that he's back with all of the children and with Mother, and Mother is not telling everybody what happened to the big snake baby that she gave birth to at nope. the end of last season, and she says, we've got to hunt it down or it will kill somebody, and you know the trust computer 
I told her that the ship they were in was destroyed, so everything in it was destroyed. And I don't, yeah. I don't think she believes that. But at the same time, she's not going to do anything to tip her hand to let everybody right. know that that thing is out there. Right, right. Did they have the thing where they gave people tasks? In yeah, the episode I love yet? that. The like little dispensed little ball bearings that would have a little holographic thing popping up over it, telling them what their task was supposed to be. I love that. Yeah, yeah. and I saw like father and mother put theirs in their mouths, which I thought, oh, do they eat them? And then I realized, no, because when you have these little balls, you show up to where you're supposed to go and you give the person your ball to be like, here it is. This is my task. I'm proving it by giving these to you. Mother and father did that because they haven't got pockets. (laughs) They don't even say that. I love that they trust in the intelligence of the audience by not even saying that out loud. You just see them spit them back out after a while. And I was like, oh, because where else are they going to carry them? (laughs) So on a random kind of side note, I just wanted to say, for this episode, I thought I would look up and see if there were any other podcasts that were talking about Raised by Wolves. And I ran across one called We Were All Raised by Wolves podcast. Hmm. And I think, I mean, it's most of it is just one gentleman named Peter who is just talking about it. He is pretty insightful. Um, you know, it's, I don't, I, I'm not going to say it's like, oh my God, it's the best podcast I've ever heard, but he's really detailed and he goes into a lot of theories and he brings up a lot of good points. And so I was, I was enjoying it. And then today, cause we were going to record, I thought I would be like, okay, so he's been doing like an episode for every episode of the podcast. I will go and find the episode that he recorded for season two, episode one. Well, there isn't one. It goes only as far as episode 10, you know? And I thought, well, that's kind of odd. Oh, well, I'll just listen to the episode 10 recap. The episode starts out with another gentleman's voice. And he's like, hello, I know that none of you guys recognize me. I just, you know, I I was enjoying listening to this podcast. Uh, I thought the production values were getting up higher every time. Peter was a very close friend of mine. Oh, no. I know. And that's the thing is, I've been looking around. And even people who listen to this podcast don't know what happened to Peter. I mean, people are like, is he dead? I don't know. Because this guy, whose name I cannot remember, I apologize, he said he just went through the audio files because Peter was very disappointed that he was never able to post this episode, and I know you were trying. And it's like over a year after he posted the recap of episode nine that this one came out. So... Uh, if anybody knows what happened to Peter in the We Were All Raised by Wolves podcast, I mean, I don't, I, he may be dead. I don't know. But yeah, Oh, my goodness. Kind of like, Gosh. Yeah. That was, I was out for a run with my friend Wade and I was listening to this and I actually had to stop Wade. I'm like, my God, I think the person who was recording this podcast has died. I just found that out now. I hope his family's okay. I hope he's not actually dead. I hope he got really busy and was never able to, you know, post it and his friend just jumped in and did it for him. I have no idea. But anyway, um, yeah, there's 10 episodes of the We Were Raised by Wolves podcast. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I don't know that there's going to be any more after that, but wow. Yeah, the uh, the state of the world right now is pretty darn crazy. Um, I think as of time that this episode drops tomorrow, all of the mask mandates will be lifted in Wake County, North Carolina. So, oh, wow. but you know, I live in Johnson County, and uh, we don't have any mask mandates, and you still see people wearing masks. So yeah. there's still people yeah. taking care. Um, the <sighs> 
the vaccination tracker is still going up just a little bit, but they just mentioned today that they're thinking that there's a possibility that people may need to get a fourth injection. And I had already known that. I mean, and I'm I'm the kind of person who's like, yeah, I'll take it. How many? Just any of the ones that you're offering, just give them to me. I'll, I'll have them all. But, you know, then you see people drawing these political cartoons about, like, somebody crawling forward, and they've got, like, the pin cushion of syringes in their back going, oh, that's the 56 one. Can I have my job back now, please? I'm like, oh, oh God, God, this Damn does it. feel really dystopian, doesn't it? Like, we're it just, really it, like, does. people are being fed the reasons to distrust all of this. I know, I know, God. And the UK is going crazy because Boris Johnson has announced that he's dropping any kind of COVID mandate of any sort. You know, no mask and the mandates. the queen just tested positive. The freaking queen of England God. just tested positive for COVID, and they're dropping all the mandates. I have no idea. Oh, my God. I had a friend who was going through a rough patch a little while ago, and they posted on Twitter. They're like, well, I hope everybody enjoyed their Super Bowl parties, because I'm already seeing people talk about COVID, you know, infections and everything. And I was like, well, you know, it's a little bit soon to have seen anything from a Super Bowl party at the time that she mentioned that. Now, however, I bet you we're probably going to start seeing some stuff. So Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I don't. There's not. I went shopping today for various things. Probably about 50% of the people I saw wearing masks. So, you know, nobody said anything to me for wearing one. So, I, you know. I just, I feel like I've been very, very fortunate um, that nobody's been nasty about it that I've been no. seeing. I mean, you and Hannah seeing a little bit of a confrontation between people at the airport that one time between yeah. somebody wasn't wearing a mask because she forgot it and somebody trying to tell her it was kind of important. But yeah, yeah it's yeah. been, I, I really feel like the loud people are the minority and that oh. for the most part people are just like what confront a total stranger and get in their yeah. face about something no no that's yeah but I, I mean i know it happens jada and georgia says this happened to her before but jada doesn't jada doesn't care she's actually um when she gets back to georgia this next week she is actually authorized for her next booster shot so i'm like yeah she's getting her fourth one but she's like i don't care i'll get all of them but hi cat cat just jumped my no. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, you know, what are you going to do? I, in San Diego, the percentage positive numbers had been at 26% at one point. Then they dropped to 11. They're down, floating around at 9% positive. But, you know, last year we were down to like 2% positive. But it's funny that a friend of mine pointed out, he's like, yeah, but, you know, people have at-home tests now. And when you test positive using those things, you're not contacting the government saying, hey, I tested positive. So are those numbers even accurate? I'm like, I don't know. I just know that the percent positive is going down. Shut up. <laughs> Give me something I can hang on to, please. I know. I know but- yeah, I've been, I've been actually following um, the worldometer still. And in North Carolina... Um, the active cases, I think, is a really important metric. And we're down below 60,000 active cases. I mean, for a little while, we were up over 450,000 active cases. So yeah, yeah. that's getting better. I mean, I'm really, it feels like we've been here before, doesn't it? Yeah, that, that it the does. cases are starting to drop and everything's starting to get better. So we open everything up again. And then suddenly we're hit with another surge. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep saying, you know, Leland, uh, who, you know, works for Pixlady Geek sometimes, he works at a comic book store and he just, he had texted me saying, you know, it just, it feels like, you know, there's a lot of us who are doing everything right. We're doing everything we're being told, but we're being punished by having to put up with this because of other people who won't do what they should. And I'm like, well, that, you know, that is definitely an opinion, but 
we never, you never really have control over somebody else's actions. And so to try and somehow get that out of your head that, you know, cause there's a worry in your head. You just sit there and you're just like, why can't the people do this? And why can't they do that? We would never be able to make people do what we think they should do. The only thing we have control over is protecting ourselves. So, you know, just if you're still concerned, wear your mask, get your boosters. If they say to get boosters, wash your hands, hang out with people who make you feel safe. That's a good thing. It's hard. You don't want to live in a bubble, you know, intellectually wise, but if you want to live in a bubble, like, you know, vaccine and mandate wise, go ahead and live in that bubble. That's fine. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. You just, that's all you can do. Yeah. Well, we're going into the third year of this. And according to Nathan, the Spanish flu stuck around for three years. And right. I think we've got a lot more medical technology right now. Although I don't know what the vaccination was, if there was vaccines for the Spanish flu. If there yeah, was, there was. Yeah. Okay. Because I think, there, I think I've seen political cartoons where people were complaining about people who refused to take the vaccine. You know, it's, more things change, the more they stay the same, man. You know? Man. Okay. Well, maybe if they, everybody, if they, if we had people acting like that back then and we still managed to get through it in three years, then there's some hope for us now. Yes. Yes. I think there is. But ugh, shout out to all the, you know, medical workers right now who are just completely exhausted. They're the ones who are I'm, boy, they're right at the top of my list of people I'm concerned about because they've they've been just run through the ringer, man. And some people don't believe them. And so it's just, you know, you don't have to believe us. What the hell? We're just a geek podcast that talks about, you know, sci-fi and Marvel movies. Um, just talk to some doctors. Talk to some nurses. See what they say. You see know? what they're you going somebody through. Who, yeah, if you can talk to somebody who works in an ICU, even better. I mean, just because anything that we say, it's going to be like, yeah, but you just heard that from somebody. I'm like, okay, good point. Then, you know, if you're going to, quote unquote, do your own research, we, we are still voices on the internet. Go talk to somebody in the real world. That'd be great. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the fan art galleries. We should probably do a fan art gallery at some point. I wasn't really inspired to do a Valentine's Day fan art gallery this year, but that would be a fun one too. You yeah, know? well, we, I don't think I've um, liked or favorited any um, Raised by Wolves fan art yet. So Ooh. that's something we need to look up. Yes, as soon as you guys get caught up so you don't get spoiled. So right, yes. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll get on that. I'm really uh, comfort watching, just re-watching Peaky Blinders. I'm almost finished up oh. with that re-watching season two. And I'm like, I want to get through this before season six. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'm going to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing is that you probably have not read the latest issue of Saga yet, have you? I haven't. Oh my God, so many things I have to get caught up on. <laughs> because the next issue comes out this week. Oh, boy. Okay. Yes. God, got to catch up. Yep. 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 Uh, so we will have a review of that on the site, all of that and more, pixelatedgeek.com. So we won't have a Nightvale episode next week. We don't have Laura Olympus for another, what, two and a half months? Almost two three months. Two and a half months, I think. Yep. Oh, boy. Um, no Peaky Blinders yet, but we will have Saga. So maybe we can, maybe you can get caught up on Saga. Maybe yes. we can watch Encanto like we said we were going to watch we this week. We can try. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, that'll be <laughs> something. Anyway, uh, one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Thank <laughs> you.